You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. The great Scott Emerson. How hey, what's up, guys? How are you? I'm doing good. Doing real good. Well, we were just talking about it. It's been announced that uh, Keith Lippman has finally retired after 52 years in the organization. And I was just trying to let people know that what this man has done for so many people's lives, whether it's players, it's coaches, it's managers, it's front office, his whole life has been about making people better. His whole life has been about how do I get you to where you want to go? Then he's also been there for people when their career is going to end and how do they transition? I just mentioned Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle was supposed to be our first baseman. He was broken. He was hurt. But Doolittle went to lip and said, hey, remember when I used to pitch? So they decided let's give it a chance. Next thing you know, he's a World Series champion. He's an all-star. Look how many people Doolittle has helped with his celebrity off the field. I mean, it's all these different things. I'm sure you have Keith Lippman stories. Uh, the man's career is absolutely amazing. It's really one of a kind. Yeah, probably the biggest influential uh, person in my life in, on the baseball side. You know, I've been in this organization 20 years and, uh, you know, Lip started out as my boss, uh, became a friend and a mentor, an unbelievable leader who looked out for people uh, more so than just baseball players. He, he molded a lot of us that are on the, our major league coaching staff. And I just can't say enough about Keith Lippman. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And, um, you know, he's just a, a person of integrity. Uh, I mean, the guy used to make us read books and, and become better coaches and leaders by, by influencing us to read these books. And we'd have to give presentations to the rest of the coaching staff in the minor leagues. And, uh, you know, he, he's just the best, man. And I love that guy, and I wish him well in retirement. You know, you mentioned your time here, and I try and tell people that what makes this organization special and different from most professional sports organizations, just not in baseball, is the family atmosphere. And it's it's really it's special. You don't get that many places. And everybody has been around for a long time, starting with Lippman all the way to Billy Bean to everybody in, in around. You know, Mickey Morabito's been here forever. Steve Vucinich, who just retired, had been here since he was 18 years old. I think that's one of the things for all of us who are A's, A's employees that we try and tell people when there's times where people aren't happy with the organization, they ask, what, you got to, hey, listen, this is a great place to work. This is a very special place to work. Yeah, the grass is greener on the other side, per se, right? Uh, you know, I, I look at, uh, you know, Gil Patterson's been here three separate occasions, our, our minor league pitching coordinator. I look at uh, Rick Rodriguez, who's been here a long time as, you know, uh, a minor league pitching coach, a bullpen coach, uh, a rehab coordinator now. I look at Craig Lefferts. You know, those are the guys that uh, Don Schultz, those guys have been in, the, in this organization a long time. 
pitching coaches in this organization, guys that I look up to, guys that I collaborate with. And it, it's always good because we're always changing our, our thoughts and our ideas and we're running them by each other. And, and to be able to, to be close and trust people, you know, when you're trying to get people better, you want people that you can trust. And, uh, you know, obviously our front office, uh, David Forrest and Billy Bean, Dan Feinstein have been here a long time as well. And they're that, that mold and glue that, that runs the place. And, uh, you know, they entrust all of us and, and, and our opinions and, and uh, let us be creative and, and um, come up with new ideas. So it's, you know, it's definitely a great place to come every day. You know, we, we talk about the world series and the playoffs and I think more now than ever, we learn stuff in the playoffs that then we can implement during the regular season the next year, different ideas, different usage of players, how to utilize players, strategies, and everything. So how much, maybe you do, maybe you don't, how much do you watch the World Series and how much do you pay attention? And we'll throw playoffs in there too of what other teams are doing. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, being a baseball guy my whole life, I'm a baseball fan. And uh, anytime I, I get to go learn baseball, watch baseball, I'm trying to learn and watch baseball. And, uh, you know, that's my life. And that's what I love to do. So, yeah, obviously I've been watching the playoffs and, and you know, digging in on what teams are doing, uh, what new technologies are out there, uh, what they're using during the, the, the series, kind of listening to the announcers and, and, you know, reading up on what teams are thinking about. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a really good playoff, in my opinion, this year. Uh, a lot of exciting ball games, and I think the fans are into it, and I think it's good for baseball. Take us through kind of a new strategy for starters where we used to, like, say, I want four pitches. I want hitters to think I've got a fastball, I've got a curveball, i got a slider, a changeup. I've got, I, I've got a menu. So Chris Townsend's menu is a nice menu, right? But I don't throw them all the same or equally as well. And now you can have certain pitchers say, the hell with your menu. I've got a good fastball. I got a good slider. We already know pitchers aren't going deep in games. I'm giving you what I got, my best to, let's go. It's a little bit different of a philosophy, wouldn't you say, over the years where we want you to have four, at least three. Now it's give me your best two and let's go. Well, I, I think it's, you know, you know, like you said, your philosophy. What are you going to go out there and accomplish? Uh, you know, you look at the two-pitch two pitcher, that's generally your reliever, right? So uh, they only have to go through the lineup one time. Uh, if you have uh, pitches that are, you know, what we consider major league well above average pitches, then by all means, you know, you get to cut your arsenal down from four to two pitches and throw those. But sometimes, you know, people always say, well, if you got a, a your sliders, your best pitch, you should throw it more. But what they don't understand is, okay, now I'm compromising counts. I'm going to have to throw them in different situations just to throw it more. My opinion is if I got my best pitch, I'm not going to throw it more. I'm going to throw it in the right time, in the appropriate time that I'm supposed to be throwing this pitch. And that's my opinion. You know, obviously, if you have four pitches uh, and you need all four pitches to get one hitter out, you really ought to think about, you know, your four pitches. But, um, you know, uh, my best 
thing that I like to tell our pitchers is you got to have a strength that can cover that hitter's weakness. That's why you got to be able to move the fastball to both sides of the plate. That's why you got to be able to go soft away with something. So if you can move your fastball to both sides of the plate and you can go soft away, there's the start of your arsenal because you should be able to uh, um, attack a weakness from the hitter. Now, everybody says, let's go strength on strength. Well, if I can go strength on the weakness, that's a lot better than going strength on strength. See, that's why I love talking to you because everybody's going to do what I got in front of me now. Everybody's going to have baseball savant. It's going to tell you all the numbers. It's going to give me it's going to give me spin rates. It's going to give me horizontal. It's going to give me vertical. And then you're going to see people read this and go, "Well, if his slider is his best pitch, throw it more. Throw it more. Throw it more." But as you said, Throwing it at the right time is more effective than just throwing it more because a number tells you it's your best pitch. Well, if if you think about it, and um, if your best pitch is your slider, but it's an average major league pitch, it might not be the best pitch to throw to that hitter on a consistent basis. Because most breaking balls that end up in the strike zone, well, they're hanging breaking balls. So the, the guys that have really good late bite and breaking balls they're, they're you know, generally a little bit harder, a little bit later on the break. And uh, those are the guys that can get chased outside the strike zone more than the guy that has to keep throwing it inside the strike zone. If you keep throwing it inside the strike zone, how effective does it you know, really become if that's what you're doing? You're throwing you know, basically a slower pitch inside the strike zone more often, and you lose that element of surprise. Now, all this obviously is my opinion, but uh, you know, by, like I said, by all means, if you got a plus pitch, use it at the appropriate time. But if you're, all your pitches aren't plus, having the hitters think about what you're going to throw, I think is important as well. How about the last two days for the Astros? We were just going over this, thought it was really interesting, where you have two pitchers, the exact same height, they throw a fastball at the exact same speed. So both Javier and McCullers Jr. 6-1, both average around 94 mile an hour with their fastball, but both utilize their fastball and both have different confidence levels with their fastball. I thought that was fascinating to watch the difference between the two and back-to-back nights. Did you feel the same? Well, if you looked at Javier, I believe the stat was he used his fastball 72% of the time. And when, when you have a fastball that you can command, just think of how many quadrants of the plate you can throw it to. You can throw it in, you can throw it out, you can throw it up and in, you can throw it down away, you can throw it all over the place. When you have a slider and you're, you know, for lack of a better word, abusing that slider, you're either going to throw it at the bottom of the zone, you're going to throw it down and away to your glove side, or down and away uh, below your, your uh, below the zone. So that's basically kind of like three areas that you're going to throw your slider. Obviously, you don't want to throw a slider middle-middle, uh, even though they do work once in a while. Uh, but uh, like I said, the more you throw uh, sliders in and breakers, uh, inside the strike zone, I think uh, the more, and that's all you're throwing, then the advantage starts kind of swaying towards the hitter. That's why it's important for me. What I like is to, uh, if you're going to throw a lot of sliders, you still got to mix that fastball in uh, to move them off the plate so you can set it up for down and away. And uh, you got to be able to, uh, it's got to be good enough. You get, you know, quite frankly, it's got to be good enough to get chase. 
One of the big things going on in the playoffs, and it happens every single year, is we start looking about how you pitching coaches and the manager handle the pitching staffs. And, you know, it, we, we look at it earlier than we do even during the regular season where all of a sudden a little bit of trouble happens and everybody's worrying who's warming up, who's not, when we're going to pull the guy. We have no problem pulling guys really early. When you hear all the discussion, right, Dusty Baker's taking criticism in this World Series. Rob Thompson now took criticism last night for not getting Nola out early. When, when you sit back and now you get to be a fan and you get to analyze it because you're not in uniform, you're not a part of the decision-making process, how, how do you see it when the media and the ex-players start to say, it's too quick, it's too late, and they go about that that thought process? How, how, how do you view it? Well, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a lot tougher when you're sitting in that dugout and you got to make decisions uh, immediately, and you got to make them um, – you know, thinking about the team first, that's most important. You know, like some guys will say, well, you know, why did he come out of the game? He only had 69 pitches, 79 pitches, 89 pitches. He could have gone more pitches. Well, you know, when you're, when you're in competition, you're, you're playing to win the game. So uh, the pitch count for me never really matters. I think personally guys can throw 120 pitches if the game dictates they can get to 120 pitches, but you also have to understand that we're trying to win the game as a team. You know, I know, you know, years and years ago, um, you know, everybody was trying to get that starter to get through five innings because he qualifies for the win, which is great, which that would be a nice bonus point for us. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all looking for how the team wins the baseball game. And, you know, these managers are under a lot of pressure from, like you said, the media, the fans, the front offices to, to go out there and, and make decisions. You know, I'm sure that they're all talking about it in a room. They're all compiling their data. They're all trying to make educated decisions. And at some point in time, sometimes you do have to think about tomorrow. You look at Philadelphia, that was down five to nothing. So, you know, they're probably thinking it's the sixth inning. How are we going to get to tomorrow to have our guys uh, fresh and ready to go? Not saying they are punting the game away, but uh, they don't want to come out and use their back end of the bullpen or their, their what I call end of the game guys uh, in a down game, five nothing. So, you know, all these decisions are never easy. You know, you, you can't please everybody. Um, and that's why the managers get paid the big bucks uh, to go out there and, and make those decisions. But, uh, you know, every game does count when the game is close. You can't let the game get away. But, you know, you got two guys on, you throw one hanging breaking ball, a guy hits a three-run homer, that game is getting away right now. Now all of a sudden you got to warm somebody up. Now he might be in the game three hitters later. Now it might be four or five to nothing. And then you're deciding, well, should I use this guy down five or nothing? And I had him warm it up to be down three nothing. But if I get down five nothing, I'm kind of wasting one of my end of the game guys. So, you know, there's a lot of variables that go into making decisions. Well, I know on this show, I would be like the manager. Cody would be like the pitching coach, and Cody just bosses me around. Cody tells me what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Uh, inside the dugout, when it comes that time and you and Mark Kotze are talking about it, how do you go about it when you think, well, maybe it is time to change, maybe it's not time to change? What, what are the discussions like? 
Well, you, you know, you're, you're always, uh, you know, trying to think about the process first and uh, you're, you're going into the game and you're, you're talking about it before you even get on the field. Where are we at? Who are we going to use? You know, a lot of people, why didn't they use this guy? Why didn't they do that guy? Sometimes these guys just aren't available to pitch that night. So, uh, you know, that's my job to walk the line as they're warming up, playing catch each and every day and go in and tell Cots, hey, this guy's down today. He doesn't feel good. Or, you know, we have to use common sense, even though the guy feels pretty good, we might think he's down that day and I might have to make that decision to Cots and say, hey, I don't think he should be pitching today. So there's a lot of decisions being made before we even get to the, to the dugout and for the game. My job for me is, you know, to remind the manager like, hey, earlier we talked about this, if they get off the page or if they want to do something different and just kind of remind them, hey, I thought we were going to go in this direction. Uh, but, you know, the managers do an unbelievable go- job. Uh, Cots does an unbelievable job of, of running our bullpen, trying to keep our guys fresh. Look, this is this is a 162 game major league season plus the playoffs. And sometimes you know, the workload management is tough because you're trying to win each and every night with what you got. So, you know, if, if I feel like a guy's running out of gas, my, my cue to the cots is kind of like, hey, are you thinking? Because, you know, he, he is the manager of the game. He is the guy that makes the ultimate decisions uh, during the game. But, you know, a lot of times he'll, he'll be talking to me and our bench coach and all the other coaches and just kind of compiling some information. Uh, what do they think? And uh, he'll ask around. And at the end of the day, he's got to make that, that big decision. But, you know, if a guy's out of gas and the, and the pitches aren't just working the way they should be, that's when I'll say something like, are you thinking? And, uh, you know, he'll probably come back with, well, what are you thinking? And then I'll tell him, Hey, this guy's out of gas. He's starting to elevate balls that he doesn't want to elevate balls or his breaker's not as sharp as it's been throughout the game. So I think, you know, we always talk about uh, Cots is big on uh, uh, communication and collaboration. So, you know, you you communicate, you collaborate before the game, and you go into that with that game plan. And, um, you know, there's no, you know, there's always a plan. Who we got when we're leading, who we got when we're tied, who we got for the big boppers, where do we want to go, we don't just go out there and wing it. You think you could provide me that list for after the game in the post-game show when all the callers call up and they say, well, why the hell didn't they do this? And I'm like, I don't know. If I had that list, I'd be able to say, well, he wasn't available. See, I would know well, then. Well, you, you know, nobody's – nobody's uh, obviously the fans are – you know, we got a lot of smart fans, right? So when they start thinking, how come they didn't use AJ Puck on this left-hander? He hadn't uh, he, he he hadn't pitched in the day. Well, maybe something's going on with AJ Puck, or or he just needed a day because he's had uh, some times warming up in the bullpen. So uh, you know, generally the fans when they when you know when they think something's going on, you know, that's all they got to think about is well, he's probably down because sure enough, Cots isn't going to do that. Well, since you mentioned A.J. Puck, when we arrive in Mesa, will A.J. Puck be a uh, working into a starting role or will he be still in your bullpen? Oh, man, that's always the great conversation you guys like to get me on, huh? <laughs> I, I know, the one thing I will say. You brought I him up. Say, well, I, I talked about him in the bullpen. But the one <laughs> thing I will say for A.J., A.J. had a heck of a year as a reliever. 
And, uh, you know, I won't yep. say, uh, you know, everything is possible. We'll go into the season and see where we're at. Well, you know, one thing that's just a reality, and it was Perry Manassian, it was last year right after the lockout. Uh, he's the GM for the Angels, and he was on Sirius XM saying, hey, listen, you know, you're going to need around 13 starting pitchers a year. That's kind of the average everybody's using. So you start to just think about it, you know, because we always used to go, who's our five? Who's our five coming out of spring? You're going to need a lot more than five. That's just a reality in today's game. So when, when you start to prepare for spring training, and I know you think about this all the time, and you think about the state, you need like, it's like horses, right? You're in North Carolina. You need a stable of horses. You need a stable of potential starters that are at the big league level and guys that are at the AAA level who you can call up. Just off the top of your head and numbers-wise, going into next year, what do you think that number is? How many guys do you think you have? Well, I, I think, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, our, our stable per se, uh, uh, you know, obviously we got Cole Irvin, uh, James Caprillion, Blackburn, uh, Koenig, Logue, Oller, Martinez, um, who am I missing? Sears, uh, Waldachuk. Years. That's I mean, nice. We've got, we've got a nice stable to go yeah. out and um, and and let the healthy competition in spring training and the body of work that the guys did during the season too. You know, so, you know, everybody's cooped. Some people are like, well, he pitched really good in spring training, and or or he didn't have the greatest year, but he pitched really good in spring training. So or uh, so you got to kind of like always kind of mix and match. That spring training means something, yes. But the body of work during the season means something as well. And if that guy's body of work during the season wasn't as good as he expected it or we expected it, then he's probably got to pick it up a little bit in spring training to stick out like a sore thumb in a good way. But uh, I really look forward to it because, you know, we gave a lot of guys an opportunity to, to pitch in the big leagues this year. I think some guys at the end of the season were able to breathe a little bit better and relax. You know, I always say – you know, 50 starts, 55 starts, you kind of start really feeling uh, out who these guys are. You know, I look at Cole Irvin, the, uh, the guy for me has had two really good, solid major league seasons. Uh, you know, Paul Blackburn's been around a long time. Uh, James Caprillion, you know, put it together the last five starts to, to make everything interesting, right? So now you just kind of, you go out, you try to give everybody an opportunity in, in, in spring training to, to pitch. And then, you know, that's the tough part. Decisions come and and, um, you know, we want to be able to to run out the best five guys to start the season and, and understand that, you know, a lot of other guys, even though they're not on the major league team at the start of the season, they're still a huge important factor in our season. Yeah, that's something I'm, I'm excited about. That's going to give you guys an opportunity to try and win as you're starting pitching. And it's going to be a very good competition not only in spring training, but but throughout the year. And when when you think about the off season, you know we you know that's one thing that's great about A's cast is that A's baseball doesn't go away. You know it used to be in the past where you'd have the final out and A's baseball wouldn't be back till the first pitch of the season. No, we bridge that gap in the off season. And I think about for you, just tell the fans the off season program. For you, how much do you reach out to the players? How much are you checking in on the players to see how they're doing, what they're doing? At some point, 
you know, when are they going to throw? Some guys live in where there's not great weather. Just take us through the off season for you and your guys. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things that uh, really helps out is there's so many baseball indoor facilities nowadays. You know, when, when I grew up uh, out in Arizona, you know, there wasn't many and it was hot and you went outside and then you always heard about the guys in the Northeast who haven't been off the mound uh, very much in the off season because of the weather. But now with all these indoor facilities, you've got these guys being able to train year round. you got these guys being able to throw year round. So, you know, we're really trying to tailor everybody's uh, throwing program uh, to them, what they like to do. You know, sometimes, um, you know, you, you get a throwing program and guys want to throw more and they're throwing behind your back per se. And that's the one thing you really want to avoid. You know, I, I'd rather if the guys want to be throwing now, I'd rather have a program for them and uh, get them on some sort of page with us and, and talk to them then uh, just kind of go behind your back. So, you know, those conversations are starting. Uh, we got we got a, a, a guideline program that we'd like everybody to kind of stay on a little bit because our throwing program is going to tie in with our strength and conditioning program, which will tie in with our arm care program. So everything kind of ties in uh, with everything. And it's, uh, you know, I got to make calls. I, I try to get on, you know, five or six guys every other day and, and at least talk to the guys or text with them, you know, every 10 days. And then, uh, you know, starting here next week, middle of next week to the following week is when you really get on the phone and say, all right, it's, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving, for sure, it's, it's time to start, you know, playing backyard catch, keeping your intensity low, getting the arm moving. And then, uh, you know, how quick are we going to ramp this guy up to be ready for the season? And, you know, you always like to backtrack from uh, the, the first game of the season all the way to uh, the, the beginning of spring training. And then now, you know, with uh, these tailored uh, um, routines for everybody, you know, you can get in detail of what they're doing in the middle of December. Well, I, I think about how just technology changes so fast. I mean, you get into one thing, next thing you know, there's something new out there. So how important is it? for you to make sure that your pitchers have all the latest stuff. I don't even know what all the latest stuff is. Uh, and who knows if some people have stuff going that other teams don't know about. But how much do you want to try and keep up with the Joneses technology-wise for your pitchers? Well, you know, it's always important. But the technology is only as good as, uh, you know, the players can process the information. If you're giving them too much, and they're not capable of making Hall of Fame pitches yet, and they're trying to make Hall of Fame pitches, in my opinion, they weed themselves out a little sooner because they're, uncap they're, they're more worried about making unbelievable pitches than probable pitches. So, you know, that's why, you know, I always talk about the ability to command your fastball to all the quadrants of the plate first, and then we can work off of that. So, you know, it, it, some guys can't throw that Greg Maddox two-seamer that starts in on the lefty and, and comes back on the corner. Some guys can't throw the, the front hip breaking ball to a right-hander right on right inside. Some guys can't throw it back door. But, you know, you always have to try to master first what you're still capable of doing. And I think what happens nowadays are these kids are getting uh, the younger pitcher, the youth pitchers are getting into this technology so soon and the, um, the horse is, is ahead of the cart now, or the cart is ahead of the horse. So, 
you know, you got to be able to, uh, you know, still throw quality strikes, throw strikes with your fastball, change speeds, and be able to master what you can do first before you can really start gaining an advantage and doing things that are, are you know, high class. You know, I, I like guys to take one step at a time still. Well, it always comes down to one thing, and you tell us, and before we let you go, teach us all again, what's the number one thing about pitching? Well, if hitting's timing, pitching is disruption of timing. You got any questions? Do you have any questions? Uh, no. It's good to see you, Emo. Thank you for doing this. Oh, no problem. How's, no problem. It, how's the golf game? Hey, I shot 88 the other day at Todd Hill Farms here in Asheboro, North Carolina. And uh, Golf Digest at one time had it as the uh, one of the top five hardest golf courses in the United States. Then that's legit. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those courses if, uh, you know, you're, you're pin high and the ball might roll back 50 yards. So you got to kind of <laughs> pull a little target golf. But uh, I, played, I played three times uh, since I've been back. I was fortunate enough to play in the – a Ronald McDonald House tournament in Greensboro. That was that was great, uh, and what uh, the people of Ronald McDonald's do for uh, children is unbelievable. Well, you live in one of the most beautiful parts uh, of the country. All right, after this seventh game of the World Series, the uh, calendar is clear. Hey, I'm here. I'm. I, how's Jan, how's January, February before spring training? Uh, well, February starts to get real cold in North Carolina. January, you know, you're going to be in the high 30s, low 40s. Maybe, maybe, maybe some snow. How about before Thanksgiving? Good time. All right. Uh, keep your phone on. I, I thanks for bu- you. Everything. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. That's the great Scott Emerson, the pitching coach of your Oakland Athletics. God, is he good? This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.